the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God cannot and will not save anyone apart from a righteous means by which he is honored in his law while at the same time redeeming sinners from hell. And therefore, John 16 is a declaration of what John 14 is, a demonstration. Usually when we think of John 3.16, it's a standalone verse, but that verse is stacked right in the middle of a bunch of other great verses. And so today we take a look at chapter 3 of John, verses 14 through 21, and instead of focusing in on verse 16, we'll spend a little time with what else Jesus has to say. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself. So what does that mean? And we'll spend the week taking a look at that. Join us. From Grace Bible Church in Hayward, let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stan and this edition of Way of Grace. John chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. If you recall, Nicodemus has been drawn to the light by the ministry of Jesus Christ, and he has been stripped of his own righteousness and taught things that have never entered into his mind. He thought he was coming to have a a conversation with a colleague of equal par and discovered that he was a child that needed to be taught all over again the first principles of the kingdom of God. And God granted Nicodemus humility enough to admit that he didn't know anything. And the moment he humbled himself by the grace of God, Christ began to teach him the nature of the kingdom. He taught Nicodemus that you don't get into the kingdom of God by anything that you do. That you don't find yourself a citizen of heaven as a consequence of your lineage, of your bloodline, of your good works, or your behavior or even your decision or volition. He discovered that a man must be born again, a second time and from above, and he realized that that work is a miracle of grace that only God can do. And then Christ, after teaching him, except you be born again, you will never see the kingdom nor enter into it, Christ began to draw Nicodemus from his old school of Phariseeism where he thought the kingdom of God would be expressed by men and women observing kosher food diets, feast days, and Sabbath days, and ceremonial uh, sacerdotal 
uh, works and observances that made them externally different from everyone else in the world. Nicodemus thought the way you knew you were near the kingdom of God is when you saw incense burning and, 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 and as it were, icons waving in the air and flags and priests running around with uh, ornate uh, garb on, which somehow would symbolize that we're near the kingdom of God. But Nicodemus came to realize that the kingdom of God does not come with observation. He came to realize that the kingdom of God is never perceived by the physical eye. And therefore, his whole paradigm and point of reference was turned upside down. And Christ took Nicodemus from the earth and translated him to heaven and opened the portal of the kingdom of God. And when Nicodemus looked through, guess what he saw? He saw a crucified Christ who he has come to know is the king of glory. Right there, the Lord was helping Nicodemus to understand that entrance into the kingdom of God. A right relationship with the true and the living God is a passage first through Jesus Christ. For I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes unto the Father but by me. And Nicodemus is now, by the grace of God, fixed, transfixed on one who has been lifted up, lifted up between heaven and earth. The language goes like this in verse 14, as you heard it. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then he says in verse 16, for God, what did we learn last week? In this manner, loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believe on him should not what? Perish, but have everlasting life. Nicodemus now is fixed on a historical event that was one of the most pressing events in Israel's history through the, their journey in the wilderness. Now, Israel had... I would say two to three major marked events that they must remember, must observe, the first of which is what? Passover. Passover was never to be neglected on the part of the Israelites because it was on that day that they were delivered out of Egypt. They had to remember that remarkable triumph of God over Egypt and the destruction of Pharaoh and his army at the Red Sea. When God opened the Red Sea and a million point three people walked over dry shod and when they crossed over, they entered into a hallelujah dance and shout with Miriam and the rest of the ladies leading the song of Moses and the triumph of the Lord God Almighty, who is called a man of war. They were rejoicing in their freedom, weren't they? Then they had to make their journey for about three months into the wilderness where they collapsed again. For while Moses was up on the mount receiving the law of God, they were down at the bottom of the hill worshiping a golden calf because they had got tired of the way that early on and wanted to go back to Egypt. I'm here to tell you, if you don't watch it, you will be inclined to want to go back to Egypt because of the way, because of the way. And God in his mercy kept those knuckleheads 
all the way up to the shores of the Jordan in preparation for going over. And Moses sent a couple of spies into the land to search out the land. It was 12 of them. And when they all came back, the majority said, we can't do it. And God said, you will die in this wilderness 20 years old and up until all of your carcasses have melted. And only the babies will enter into the kingdom of God. Only the babies, only 20 and under will enter in. Only those who have humbled themselves like little children and never saying to daddy, daddy can't do it. For except you humble yourself as a little child, you will never enter into the kingdom of God. And shortly thereafter, Israel wandered in the wilderness for 38 years. Wandered in the wilderness for 38 years and year after year, Thousands of Israelites, the older ones who thought they knew the way, perished in the wilderness while the babies were growing, watching mom and dad, who had sinned against the grace of God, perish in the wilderness. Ah, but here we come now to Numbers 21. If you'll pull it up and leave it there, Numbers 21, we are at a very marked occasion where I want to teach us a number of lessons that are very critical for us. When Jesus said in verse 14, for as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, he is tugging on the heart of this Pharisee, this scholar, this leader, to ask him, Nicodemus, do you remember what happened there? Nicodemus, do you remember that marked occasion? Nicodemus, do you understand what occurred on that day when the people of God did not believe me then as they don't believe me now? Nicodemus, do you remember what happened, how your fathers told you about how 23,000 died in one day, all because they were discouraged in the way and began to complain against God's provisions in their life? Sound familiar? There's some lessons to learn then, you guys, in your first point. Let's deal with this. I told you last week that no one can properly understand John 3.16 unless you understand John 3.14. That John 3, 16, when it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, it's not about how much God loves you, but how God loves you. And when you stretch out the soul and make it emotional, you darken counsel by words without knowledge. For God cannot and will not save anyone apart from a righteous means by which he is honored in his law while at the same time redeeming sinners from hell. And therefore, John 16 is a declaration of what John 14 is, a demonstration. John 16 is a message. John, John uh, 3.16 is a message. John 3.14 is the mode of the message. And if you don't know the mode, you can't understand how it is that a holy God can save a sinful people without himself being unrighteous. In other words, you got to go to the mode to actually get the lesson. You cannot understand John 3, 16 or the love of God in Christ Jesus for hell-bound sinners unless you understand the meaning of the mode. Are you guys with me? So then point number one says what? The mode of man's desperate condition illustrated. See, we're about to find out that as they were, so are we. We are by nature desperate, hopeless, hell-bound sinners. By nature, what we are are rebels. 
And by nature, what we are are complainers. By nature. By nature, we are never satisfied unless everything, I know that's bad language, goes our way. Now, you know you find yourself complaining sometimes about life. You complain about your difficulties. You complain about your troubles. You complain about your pains and your aches. It gets so bad, you actually own your aches and pains. Mine. Right? Mine. Mine. But all of these are maladies that indicate that you and I don't have enough appreciation for God's mercy and grace in our life. I'm about to show you how that God will not stand a people who complain, 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 complain when God has been good to them. See, where we are in, John, in Numbers 21, and you can pull it up now. I'll get to the points after I build my, my argument. In, in Numbers 21, we are at a very instructive portion of the Jewish history. And will you notice the language? Because I want the Spirit of God to fixate your eyes on the text while we expand John 3.14 in light of its historical context. Listen to what it says. And I'm going to start now at verse 3 of Numbers 21. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and he called the name of the place Hormah. Here it is. And they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea, they'd been there before, to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much, what? Discouraged. And why? Because of the way. Now notice what's going on. They're making their journey to the promised land, and you don't know chronologically and geographically that God has brought them a mighty long way. In fact, God has brought them closer to their salvation than they first believed. But here's the problem. Close is no good until you cross over. Right. And therefore, when the Bible says the race is not given to the swift nor the strong, but the one that endures to the end, we are in a context now where I know that some of you are aware of how difficult it is to finish how difficult it is to finish. And I mean, everything in life tells me after being around for almost 60 years, men and women by nature in the majority do not finish well. Even your Bible shows you again and again and again where even some of God's choice servants become slack in their old age. Begin to, uh, they begin to fail to be discerning and careful about finishing well. They get a little lazy a little careless. And the next thing you know, they forgot that they were still in a warfare. But the enemy didn't forget, you see. Your adversary didn't forget. And the last thing your adversary wants you to do is cross over and receive the reward of grace that comes by faith when you walk with Jesus Christ. He'll let you get all the way up to the door and unhurl all of the arsenal of hell against your soul to get you to abandon the gospel. Here, these Jewish people, these Hebrews, have journeyed for a long, long time, a long, long time. And what's really remarkable about where we are, this is the second generation, not the first. This is the babies now. Like parents, like what? 
See, the parents complain, now the babies are complaining. This is where you and I must really be born again, because if we're not born again and maturing in Christ, your old nature will have more to say than your new nature. And it gets bad when you get older. Religion can't deliver you from your old man. Religion can't deliver you from your funky attitude. Religion can't deliver you from your pride. Religion can't deliver you from your presumption. It can't deliver you from those bad habits that are deeply entrenched in you that came from your parents. Can I get a witness? Unless the same power that raised you from the dead at your initial conversion keep you all the way, your carnal man will rise up and say, I got something to say. And this is where these babies now who are at the most 60 years old, right? At the most 60 years old, complaining about the way. Let me show you the delusion of self-righteousness and what we call in our first subpoint the fundamental sin that we all commit is the sin of unthankfulness to God. Because when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, but became vain in their imagination. And they began to change the glory of God into an image, like unto corruptible man, four-footed beasts and creeping things. And they were not thankful. We're not thankful. That's a problem for us, isn't it? We're not thankful enough. And this is where these Israelites were. They were unthankful for what God had done for them thus far. And will you listen to the language? Let me show you the danger of you slipping into the, un, the imperceptible sin of unthankfulness. Verse 4 says, and they were much discouraged in the way. Do you see that? The word means to be, watch this now, I'm going to give you a number of synonyms. The word discouraged here means to become impatient. To become impatient. The word also means to be grieved. And the idea of being grieved is when a thing rubs you the wrong way, just keeps rubbing you the wrong way, just keeps pressing against you the wrong way, that you become what? Grieved. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I've said it before, just because you're grieved don't mean you're right. Please understand, your emotions are not moral rectitudes. How you feel doesn't mean you're right. You could feel a certain way and be as dead wrong as anyone could be. Why are you grieved at the way? You might have a problem. Isn't that right? And so they were impatient. They were grieved. The term also means to be annoyed. Can you imagine being annoyed with God? Now listen to me now. They were grieved. They were impatient. They were discouraged. They were vexed. And they were annoyed with God because of the journey. I'm trying to help you now. I'm trying to help you see how when your eyes are not properly fixed on the right object, you will be distracted and caught up in the difficulties of life and then begin to complain about your difficulties and miss your blessings. You will miss all the good things that God has done to keep you thus far. You will fail to acknowledge him in terms of his provisions in your life and all the resources by which God has sustained you up to this hour. And all you're doing is locking in on the bad things. Am I making some sense? Because that's what's going on in our text. Can you imagine the people of God annoyed with God? Annoyed. Don't ever use that word, by the way. 
It's a condescending term that basically puts you on a pedestal. When you say, I'm annoyed with you, you're arrogant. Do you hear me? You're arrogant. What makes you uh, so special that you can be annoyed? And be careful, parents, when you say it to your kids. Because kids are kids. And kids aren't going to be grown until they're grown. And while they're not grown, they're kids. And their job is to annoy you. (laughs) Now, in my opinion, God is the one that should be annoyed with us. And here we are saying, God, you know what? I don't like your provisions. I don't like how you provided. I don't like how you have kept me up this far. I don't like the constraints and the boundaries and the parameters. I don't like this journey. You are in trouble when you're thinking like that. The idea is to be impatient, discouraged, greed, vexed. And literally what it means in the Hebrew, if we were to be colorful, it means to cut short the relationship. It's the idea of taking a sickle and now harvesting your labors because you're done. Literally in our English euphemism, here's how we would put it. I'm done. You're done with God? You're done with the journey of God? You're done with God leading you? You're you're done with God leading you in a path of righteousness? Now, another way it can be put is this. I quit. That's exactly where they were. They quit on God. They quit on... Now, their mamas had done it before. Their daddies had done it before, right? Now they're doing it. And here is what we're saying about how important it is for your perspective and attitude to be right in order that you finish well, that you push through that you persevere, that you make sure that your mind is right, that you don't get distracted from what God actually has done in your life in a positive way, lest you find yourself just like these Israelites. I'm going to give you one piece of advice as we get ready to move into a deeper contemplation of this first point of unthankfulness, because I want you to get the context before we move to the remedy. Um, Always remember, always remember that you are way better off now than you were the day before God saved you. Always remember that. You are way better off now than you were the day before God saved you. And your worst day in Christ is a thousand times better than your best day outside of Christ. Never forget it. Never forget it. Holy Ghost is speaking to someone today. I'm very sure of it. Because you are on the brink as well of collapsing into an apostasy and departure from God as these people were, as they were in the days of Christ. See, now the reason why Christ is taking this student all the way back some 1,400 years now is to show this student that as it was in those days, it's going to happen in Jesus' day. See, They had come up, the whole 1.3, 1.4 million of them had come up to the fullness of their promise. They were on the brink of their blessing. And so it was, Christ came in the fullness of time. Born of a woman made under the law. Here he is, the visible Yahweh, the God-man, right? The Word made flesh dwelling among us. He's among his people. Is he there now? All the promises that were given to Israel have come to pass. The Lord Jesus is in the midst. Is he in the midst? And he's healing, and he's casting out devil, and he's feeding men and women, and he's showing them the kingdom of God. Israel at this time is more blessed than they could ever be. And you, you know what the Bible says? He came unto his own. 
and his own received him not. He said it himself in the book of Luke, you don't even know your time. You don't know the time of visitation. I'm here for a minute and then I'm gone and you're going to lose the kingdom. Why? Because your eyes are somewhere else other than on the prize. Well, time permits us to go no further. You have been listening to Way of Grace, the daily radio ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, featuring our teacher and pastor, Pastor Jessica Stand. It is our prayer as we come to you daily on this broadcast that you're growing in grace, that you're growing in your love and adoration of Jesus Christ. That's the goal and the intent here at Way of Grace, that we might understand the amazing love of God in Christ. If you would like to obtain a copy of today's program, you've got a couple of ways you can do that. CDs are $5. Simply call or write to us and we'll send one to you. Or if you're internet savvy, simply stop by our website and you can download the audio file in MP3 version and that one's free. Grace-Bible.com is our website. That's Grace-Bible.com. And again, if you're willing to write to us or contact us by phone, if you would like the CD, simply do so at 510-886-9782. Again, that phone number is 510-886-9782. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street. That's here in Hayward. The zip code, 94541. And again, remember, the CD is $5, or simply stop by grace-bible.com and download the MP3 version for free. We would also invite you to join us for worship here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Sunday services are at 11 a.m., Sunday schools at 10 a.m. And don't forget, from a variety of churches and from all over the Bay Area, we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word Friday evenings here at Grace Bible Church at 8 p.m. For the directions and the details, simply go to our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or call 510-886-9782. Also, as the Lord leads, we're able to come to you here on KFAX in part through your financial and prayerful involvement with this ministry. Now, while it's free for you to listen to, it does incur a cost on our end, and we look to the Lord for his gracious provision. And if you'd like to participate in that, then please do get a hold of us. Any donation, no matter how big or small, is greatly appreciated here at Way of Grace. 510-886-9782 is our phone number. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.